Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, it's a wild and woolly Wednesday, Dan, with no binders and no fillers. <laughs> I'm it, doing great, yeah. It's not Wednesday. <laughs> oh. It's not, it's it's Tuesday. Oh, then it's terrible it? Tuesday, Paul, Dan. is it Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible well, folks, Tuesday. Again, we don't, as you can tell, we do not script this show. No, it is, it is Tuesday, right? I'm oh. like, yes, it is Tuesday. Okay, Damn thank right, you. It's Tuesday. For a second, you confused me there. Yeah, I, I I'm thinking because I know yesterday. I'm like, yesterday was our first show of the week. I was checking out. Hey, uh, I'm turning folks, red. Trump just wrapped that. Uh, yeah, I, nah, dude, listen, it was funny. I'm like, is he messing with me or what? Um, Trump just wrapped up an interesting press conference over in the United Kingdom with Theresa May. Uh, uh, some news broke there. I'll get to that a, a little bit later. But I've got a lot of really interesting news, including a development yesterday, again, that has escaped the mainstream media. Joe, the story will sound very familiar uh -huh. to you because our motto on the show regarding this whole scandal has been, remember the names. Yes, sir. And a name is creeped up again. Yes, sir. And the story is almost nowhere. Um in the mainstream media, I shouldn't say that I want to be precise. It's not, not that it isn't appearing in the mainstream media. It's that the story isn't getting the coverage it should. I'll get to that in a minute. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at 23andMe. Hey, Father's Day is right around the corner. And 23andMe's health and ancestry kit is the perfect gift. For a limited time, get $50 off a 23andMe Health and Ancestry kit through June 17th. Go check it out. If you buy a kit for yourself, too, you and dad can connect and celebrate your shared genetic similarities and differences with over 125 personalized genetic reports on health, traits, and more. I took one of these. I found out some interesting stuff about me, some interesting athletic stuff. I didn't know I had athletic genes. Mm. Could have fooled me. Uh, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Maybe I got to start working out a little harder. I did. I'm not kidding. I tell my wife that she's like enough already with the athletic genes <laughs> thing right <laughs> poor wife she's got to listen to me all day give dad a gift as unique as he is discover how genes can influence well-being and lifestyle choices with insights into genetic weight muscle composition sleep quality and more give dad a gift that's insightful trait reports give insights into how genetics can affect everything from mosquito bite frequency they love me mosquitoes motion sickness fear of heights and more Give a dad, give your dad a gift that shows you care. Wellness reports can make him make inform, can help him make informed decisions about his own health. Give the gift of discovery. You can even opt in to connect with people who share uh, your DNA. This Father's Day, get fifty dollars off Twenty Three and Me's Health and Ancestry Kit at Twenty Three and Me com slash Bongino. That's the number Two Three and Me com slash Bongino. Again, Twenty Three and Me com slash Bongino. Two Three and Me com slash Bongino. Offer ends June seventeenth. All right, let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's go. The bell's not working this morning. I told you it's terrible Tuesday. Ding, ding, ding. Do your turkey gobble ding. Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. Gosh, we need to. I, I, I anticipate this. I know. It's very Pavlovian, my response. I know, me too. Dog, bell, you know, bell, dog, saliva. You know, I was a behavior <laughs> learning you. guy in graduate school. Holy moly. You know, I can't go forward without it. <laughs> All right. So listen, big story yesterday. Jeez. Your gobble gobble was a big hit. Even me and Paula oh, laughed at as we were editing the show for YouTube yesterday. Gobble gobble. Listen to yesterday's show, folks. You'll figure it out. That was funny, right? So George Nader, remember the names. You've heard the name George Nader in the oh, past. Sure. If you're a regular listener yeah. to the show and you've been listening for a while, I know you know mm -hmm. who he is. George Nader creeped up in the news yesterday. Um, why does this matter? What happened? How is this related to the case? 
Fox News has a report up on their website by Italia Kaplan. Mueller probe witness George Nader charged with trafficking child pornography. Oh, whoa. whoa. Whoa, hey now. Time out. Yeah. Time out. Ladies and gentlemen, there are few things more disgusting, grotesque, atrocious, uh, run out of modifiers to describe the horrors, obviously, of child pornography. I don't, I, I mean, does that even require me to say anything? The very words make people recoil in horror at the thought of it. The innocence of children being taken away. This was Mueller's guy. Bob Mueller's having a very, very bad week. Yeah, I'll say. Now, ladies and gentlemen, and I, I know, Joe, you know what I'm talking because you're, you know, you're here with the show. You've yeah. never missed the show. Mm -hmm. George Nader, the story that a Mueller informant that was being used to prosecute people on the Trump team uh, has been arrested at an airport on child pornography charges is disturbing enough. But ladies and gentlemen, candidly, that's not really the end of the story. Now, to be clear, George Nader was an informant feeding information to the Mueller team. This is not a secret. They were using him. Feeding information to the Mueller team that the Mueller team was using to investigate the president about a hoax. Process what I just told you for a moment, please. I'm asking you to very seriously take a mental timeout. Maybe put the show on pause for a second and process what I just told you. I'll repeat this again. A man who was just arrested at an airport for possessing child pornography, mm -hmm. the most grotesque crime I can think of, was one of Mueller's informants providing information to Bob Mueller and his team used to prosecute people on the president's team about a crime that never happened. Or oh, it gets better. Whoa. You think, well, that, okay, Dan, great. Whoa, whoa. That sounds really awful. Oh, oh, no, no. It'll sound awfuler. It gets a little worse. Oh. Who else has been associating with Nader other than Bob Mueller and his uh, sleazy pit bull, Andy Weissman, who really, I mean, this guy is a disgrace. Andy Weissman was Bob Mueller's chief lieutenant in this witch hunt, mm -hmm. a, a discredited, entirely debunked, uh, just nonsensical, ridiculous absurdity of a human being. Andy Weissman, who invented unique legal theories to investigate the president of the United States on a hoax he knew was a hoax. Who was uh, George Nader's lawyer? Who was representing George Nader? And I'll explain to you what he was providing information on in a minute, because this story is just fascinating. Oh. Well, as we can see from this uh, was ABC News story, listen to this one <laughs> from yesterday. Again, that this ABC News Mueller witness charged in child pornography case. Quote, Nader had frequent access to almost every White House, Democrat and Republican since President Ronald Reagan was in office, except for the Obama White House sources and records show. This is ABC trying to trying to cover. You get it. So uh -huh. oh, yes. keep that up for a second. Okay. You understand yeah. what they're doing here. This is ABC. So keep in mind, liberal activists are writing this. So with it, because Nader has deep connections to the Clintons, too. Uh -huh. And I'll get to that in a moment. But in order to paint this out like this child pornography guy was arrested, he's innocent until proven guilty. We get that. But this is deeply disturbing. And he's been, he's been arrested for this before or charged with this before. Nader, they're trying to make this guy out to be some 
you, you know, he's, he was he was clean of the Obama White House. Was he? Right. Put that back up because we'll read the second part of the quote. One of his lawyers shepherding through seven interviews with Mueller's prosecutors, Catherine Rumler, ah! was White House counsel under Obama. Oh, yeah, this guy's totally clean of the Obama White House. So let's yeah. just be clear on this. Catherine Rumler, Obama's White House lawyer, is representing a guy just arrested on child pornography charges who is feeding information to the Mueller team about a hoax case he was never able to prove. And nobody sees anything wrong with this. Of all the lawyers in all of the known universe and other potential universes, if you're one of those M theory, string theory people, right? Mm. Of all the lawyers around... Obama's White House counsel just magically happened to find this client. Fascinating. Oh, Even Chewy thinks yeah. so. Incredible how that happens. My, my. Now, if we could, Apollo, forgive me, I'm going to ask you to roll me a little bit. If we could jump to that Sidney Powell Observer piece. Sidney Powell, who wrote a fascinating book, License to Lie, has mm -hmm. described Catherine Rumler Obama's White House lawyer representing this guy in a very specific and interesting way. In a piece she wrote in 2014, 2014, and get this wrong, right. Sidney Powell and the Observer called Sex Lies in the White House Council. Rumler blunders into Secret Service mess. She describes Catherine Rumler in a very fascinating way, very Olivia Popish from the show Scandal. Sidney Powell writes, as we reported previously, not only was Miss Rumler in the middle of the IRS email scandal, yes, mm. the Benghazi cover-up, yes, and was she the most vigorous protector of the president while increasing government secrecy and violating the rights of others, the Post places her squarely in the middle of the cover-up of the Cartagena sex scandal for which the Secret Service and the military took the sole blame for having several prostitutes spend the night before the president arrived. Finally, the Post, which has sung her praises, talking about Rumler for the White House, challenges Miss Rumler's role and that of Mr. Obama's friends and donors. She is the fixer. Right. Remember the fixer show? Yes, yes. Audience archivist Judy will get right on the case, I'm sure. Yes, yes. The fixer show. We spent an entire show mm -hmm. describing to you how Catherine Rumler, Obama's White House counsel, has been intimately involved in just about every scandal of the Obama presidency. Mm -hmm. The Benghazi cover-up, the IRS cover-up, the Secret Service scandal, all of it. And it, the, the, she was involved in the Secret Service scandal because the Secret Service took the blame for this. And yet, there are credible allegations that the White House staff was involved, but all of that was covered up in an effort to make sure the Secret Service took the full, full force of that one. Huh. This woman is the fixer. Please tell me you're making the connections I'm laying out there. It's not very complicated. Obama's fixer, his White House counsel, who has a whole lot of skeletons in her closet covering up Obama's Benghazi, IRS, and other baggage out there, right? All of a sudden, magically appears to represent a guy just arrested for child pornography at the airport. The same guy who's working with Bob Mueller and Andrew Weissman, feeding information to Mueller being used to prosecute people on the Trump team to get them to flip on the president. Nothing to see here, media. Ignore the story entirely. 
Nothing, and ABC makes sure you couch it as if Nader, there was nothing suspicious because he wasn't attached to the Obama White House. No, not at all. He's only using the Obama White House lawyer as his counsel, also known as Obama's fixer. Nothing to see there, folks. Nothing to see. See See no evil. Hear hear no evil. Get me some evil. Nothing. Don't even worry about it, fellas and ladies. The media has abandoned you completely. You want honest news? Come here. And there are other great shows, too. Solomon, Carter, the Hannity Show at night. I'm not by any means taking full credit for it. But I promise and pledge to you to do the work the hack mainstream media has completely abandoned. So now, because this goes on, this is this gets worse. So Obama's fixer is representing a guy just accused and arrested on a really heinous allegation who's feeding Mueller information on a debunked charge. What exactly was he involved with? And why would Obama's White House counsel take an interest in this informant? Well, in a fascinating piece a while ago from Salon.com, I've taken this snippet and I've used it repeatedly on the show because it's important you understand this. Remember, the case Mueller and them are trying to make. Oh, look at you. Oh, look at you. Money, Paula. Money. I can never find the. uh, Coming to the rescue. The title of the piece, if you want to look it up by Ben Norton, is with Saudi and Russian ties, Clinton machines tentacles are far reaching, according to the Panama Papers. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a story. Salon.com is a left leaning outlet. Okay, this is important. You understand this is I mean, far left, like radical, like Mother Jones, far left. Salon.com wrote a piece by Ben Norton a while ago about the Panama Papers. The Panama Papers was this dossier of papers uh, indicating some international financial relationships that uh, made it appear many of these companies and people who were wealthy were engaged in tax schemes and other schemes to get out of paying taxes. Right, 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 yeah. The purpose of the Salon.com story was not the information I'm going to give you in a second from it. Because they didn't know what was going to come later. The purpose of the story was to make it appear like rich people were screwing you over. Because they're leftists and they want to make it, you know, that's their their narrative. Mm -hmm. You can judge for yourself reading the piece what your conclusions are. I'm just telling you so you understand. When Salon.com wrote what I'm about to show you in the piece, they weren't doing it to nail the Clintons. They were doing it to nail the rich in a Bernie Sanders kind of way. You, You tracking me? Yeah. You have to understand uh-huh. the deep layer narratives here. And this is why in my first book, Spygate, the book is extensively footnoted with left-leaning resources like Salon. And people say, well, why did you do that? Because when you quote the Washington Post, CNN, Salon, and others, they didn't know that this was going to become a spying scandal later. They thought this was legitimately a Russian collusion scandal with Trump, and that's why they reported on the spying the way they did. The same thing happened with this piece in the Panama Papers. From the piece, there's a fascinating quote in there. It says, moreover, Bill Clinton has garnered enormous speaking fees for speeches in Saudi Arabia, as Michael Lisikoff points out, including 600000 for two talks while Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. But he goes on. In his report on the Clinton machine's ties to Saudi Arabia, Isikoff also notes that two of Clinton lobbyist bundlers, Richard Sullivan and David Jones, are principals in a firm that until late last year represented the Russia Direct Investment Fund, a sovereign wealth fund co-founded, uh, co-founded by Vladimir Putin when he was prime minister. Let me put this together for you because you're not, I promise you will not get this anywhere else. It's a major story that'll be ignored by everyone. 
What does that have to do with George Nader? Hmm. So George Nader being represented by the Obama fixer, feeding information to Mueller. What information was he feeding? Well, Eric Prince, who is the founder of that uh, company since Seoul, Blackwater. I forget what they're called now. But Eric Prince's sister, Betsy DeVos, is the education secretary in Trump's cabinet. Eric Prince had a meeting in the Seychelles. In that meeting in the Seychelles, he met with a guy named Kirill Dmitriev. That meeting, how did we know about that meeting and what happened at that meeting? Or what we thought we know happened at that meeting, Joe? Hmm. George Nader, the same guy being represented by Obama's fixer mm -hmm. who just was arrested on child pornography charges. Nader's the one who's telling Mueller about this meeting. What does that have to do with the salon.com piece? Who Nader was apparently has information on this meeting, apparently set some of it up. He was kind of doing a fixer thing. Mm -hmm. The guy Eric Prince meets with, Kirill Dmitriev, is the head of that Russian direct investment fund that salon.com reports was, uh, was being repped by two Clinton bundlers. So let me get this straight. Track me here. Right. These connections are important. Okay. They're not complicated. They just require you to order it. And when you order it, it'll all make sense. How, remember, meetings and alleged connections always mean collusion and crimes when it comes to the Trump team. Mm -hmm. But when those very same connections are tied back to Clinton and Obama people, it is entirely, completely ignored by Bob Mueller and Andy Weissman, two now disgraced lawyers. Mm -hmm. Disgraced. Totally disgraced by any reasonable measure. So Nader is telling Mueller that, hey, I was there. Eric Prince met with this Russian, Kirill Dmitriev, who runs this investment fund. This is clearly collusion. He's being used as an informant about this. Yet when we find out that the same guy, Prince, who doesn't even work for Trump, by the way, meets with Dmitriev, who is directly connected to two Clinton lobbyist bundlers, nobody cares about the story at all, Joe. It is completely, that, that's a conspiracy theory. What's a conspiracy theory? Salon.com reported on it. Dude. The, the uh. far left radical Salon.com reported on it. What's the conspiracy theory? <laughs> this Russian you're saying is bad news. And him meeting with Eric Prince, who's related to someone on the train. He's not, he doesn't work for Trump. You're saying this is evidence of some massive collusive conspiracy. But when I tell you that the same Russian is connected to Clinton lobbyist bundlers, as reported on by Salon.com, and that the reports of what happened at the meeting are being provided by a guy named George Nader, arrested on child pornography charges and being repped by Obama's lawyer... Mm -hmm. You have, and also as fixer, right. you have zero. Did you just do that? <laughs> That's Paula. This is, this chart is perfect. Thank you. For those of you who listen, I'll explain this to you. If you're watching on YouTube.com at home, you check it out. If you're listening, I'll explain it to you. This, is, this chart lays it out perfectly. You know what? Let's put this up on the website today. Remember, President Obama. His lawyer's Catherine Rumler. Make that connection. Right. His, uh, his, one of his national security officials is Lisa Monaco. Lisa Monaco was the chief of staff to Bob Mueller. Who took her place? John Carlin. John Carlin goes over to the National Security Division. He, they, John Carlin signs off on the FISA warrant. 
Mueller is then using George Nader, who hires Catherine Rumler. Catherine Rumler, Obama's former lawyer. Now, how does how do Monaco and Rumler and all these other people connect to Weissman? We have on this and Jeannie Ree and Zebley and others. Now we'll explain that. Thank you for that chart. We'll put that up on the show today. It'll make more sense. But that's a perfect chart. We did you did that a while ago, right? Put that up on the Bongino.com. If you don't mind. Sorry, don't mean to be rude. People get upset. I never talk to my wife like that. I promise you. People do. They get upset. Don't you dare talk to Paul like that. I don't. I love my wife to death. It's just an hour long show. We got to get moving sometimes. You know, my apologies, Paul. You understand that all of these people are connected. They all know each other. The point I'm trying to make through that chart and by telling you Obama knows Rumler, it was his White House counsel. Obama knows Lisa Monaco, it was his national security official. Monaco was Bob Mueller's chief of staff. Who takes Monaco's position? John Carlin. John Carlin was Mueller's chief of staff. John Carlin was over in the DOJ National Security Division that signed off on the FISA. They all know Weissman. They worked with him on the Enron case. They, ladies and gentlemen, they all know each other. You may say, so what? So what? That's the whole Mueller report. The whole Mueller report is that everything appears corrupt because these people had meetings that might know each other, although there was no corruption. But yet when you point out the very same people know each other and there may be corruption, your informant was uh, is being accused of child pornography. The Russian you're accusing a, a Trump ally, Eric Prince, of meeting with is connected to the Clintons. They're not interested at all. Oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. No, what you're doing is a conspiracy theory. Now, this gets even more fascinating. So of all the lawyers in all of the known universe, Catherine Rumler, Obama's lawyer, finds this guy who becomes an informant for Bob Mueller on this Russian meeting with Eric Prince, the same Russian who's who knows Clinton lobbyist bundlers, right? Mm-hmm. Get a load of this crap. Rumler is also tight with Andrew Weissman. How? Well, you got to cheat if you saw the chart. But as we can see in this piece, Rumler and Weissman have a business relationship. This is from June 19th of 2017 in Reuters. Again, not a right-wing outlet. Mueller team lawyer brings witness-flipping expertise to Trump probes by Karen Freifeld. Inside this piece is a gorgeous little snippet that'll help you clarify exactly how Rumler and Nader and all of these Mueller cronies know each other from the piece. Catherine Rumler, a.k.a. the fixer, that's my little input there, who served as White House counsel under former President Obama, said Andrew Weissman is willing to take risks to secure witness testimony that other prosecutors might not. (laughs) Dude, hold on. Really? (laughs) You would think, you would think that Catherine Rumler, Obama's fixer, who is now going to rep an informant in this case, who's going to feed very odd information to the Mueller team about a Russians meeting with Prince, although the Russians connected to the Clinton people, right? You would think you would just shut up, like not say anything and not out yourself. Rumler can't even prevent doing that. Rumler, who has to talk to the press, says, hey, Andrew Weissman, who, of course, works for Mueller, he's willing to take risks to secure witness testimony that other prosecutors might not. Yeah, yeah, like uh, signing up an alleged child pornographer. That, there, there's a risk for you right there. It goes on. 
Rumler worked with Weissman on the Justice Department's Enron task force that investigated the massive corporate fraud that led to the company's 2001 collapse, which also turned into a major DOJ scandal where a lot of the people who were convicted were overturned later. The Arthur Anderson stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, Mueller's bulldog, Andrew Weissman, this discredited fraud of a lawyer, this political hack who was at Hillary Clinton's election night party, who has been involved in some of the biggest legal scandals in U.S. history, who Mueller picks, by the way, and charges with hiring people for his special counsel. Remember that political story we covered a couple weeks ago? Mueller gave Weissman the authority to hire people. This discredited political hack pretending to be a lawyer. Weissman knows Obama's White House counsel. They worked together on the Enron case. So did Lisa Monaco, Obama's national security official in the White House. One of his Homeland Security advisors there. They all know each other. Monaco, Rumler worked with Weissman. Monaco was Mueller's chief of staff. They all know each other. Their only purpose was to protect the crown on this Mueller report. Now, you want to add another layer of deeply disturbing, horrible, grotesque information to this story? So an alleged child pornographer is being used as a witness against the Trump team about a meeting with a Russian connected to Clinton lobbyists and bundlers? Oh, and by the way, the informants being repped by Obama's White House counsel, who's best buddies with Andrew Weissman, who's investigating Trump on a fake collusion charge? Snip that for the show. <laughs> Snip that right there, what I just said. That is the best 30-second summation of this case you're going to hear. I'm sorry. I don't mean to mm. pat myself on the back. But that's the best way you're going to hear this laid out. Because everything I just said is absolutely true. It's not a conspiracy theory if it's not a theory. If it's an actual conspiracy. The collusion charge is debunked. Mueller picks a Democrat to investigate Trump and Weissman. Weissman knows Rumler. They work together on the Enron task force. He also knows people in the Obama White House that worked with Mueller. They then go and grab an informant as a rat to rat on Prince for meeting with a Russian who's connected to Clinton's, and they make sure the Obama fixer reps the informant. Debunk anything I just said. You can't. You can't. And yet, Don Jr. meets with two Russians connected again to the Clinton orbit at Trump Tower. They talk about adoption for 10 minutes. Bad idea. Don Jr. John Jr. releases all the emails around it. And yet the Trump team gets a 675-day investigation while all of these lunatics get off completely. Now, even worse, the last piece I have on this from Hot Air. Hotair.com. You say, well, this informant being repped by Obama's White House counsel on allegations of child pornography, was arrested. So this just happened yesterday. So how would the Mueller team know? Oh, no. Oh, no. As Ed Morrissey and Hot Airs reported, DOJ, key Mueller witness arrested for transporting child pornography. Again. Mm. From Ed Morrissey's excellent piece. 
The DOJ didn't catch him in the act just this weekend. The warrant for his arrest was issued over a year ago. Wait, what? And apparently resulted from searches conducted when the FBI first interrogated Nader over the Seychelles meeting. The DOJ sealed the warrant while trying to work with Nader to develop evidence in the Russia collusion probe. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm reading this to you right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even kidding. We live in, the Republic is dead. God bless Donald Trump for trying to save it, and we need his reelection to clean this, this disgusting, fetid swamp out. But the Republic as we know it is dead. These people have burned the Constitution. They have crapped on the Constitution. They've used it as a tissue, as toilet paper, to clean their windows. Anything you know what's left of the Republic in our judicial system is dead. Bob Mueller and Andy Weissman have destroyed it. Hillary Clinton burned it down with the Obama administration. Mueller took the ashes and threw them in the ocean. It is dead. So you're telling me, according to this Ed Morrissey piece, that they found out that Nader may have been in possession, according to their allegations, of child pornography a year ago? And in order to use him to investigate a debunked hoax, Weissman knew was a hoax back in August of 2016 when Bruce Orr briefed Weissman on the, orig on the origins of the dossier and the political origins of it. So Weissman knows he's investigating a hoax and he cuts a deal to seal charges with a child pornographer, an alleged child pornographer here, to gather information to prosecute people on the Trump team for a hoax? And nobody in the media sees anything wrong with this. Do you understand what I just told you? Hmm. This is being almost entirely ignored by the media who is reporting it with the spin they need because they're activists. ABC News. But he wasn't attached to the Obama White House. Are you crazy? They sealed charges of child pornography. Folks, listen. To be fair, because you will not get that anywhere else, at least in the left-wing media ecosystem, charges are dropped and charges are sealed often to get people to flip. Remember what Rumler said in that Reuters piece? Mm -hmm. Andy Weissman is particularly aggressive in flipping people. Really? Ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, I have never in my life heard of a case where an alleged child pornography possessor was basically given a pass for a year on a sealed indictment or sealed uh, uh, sealing his records in order to prosecute a case the prosecutor knows is a hoax. I have never heard of such a thing in my life. Mm. The damn we need justice. Get the out of here, idiots. I'm tired of you. I'm so sick. To the far left, I'm not talking to Democrats. I'm talking to you radical far left police state hacks. I am so sick of you and the whole country. I don't think you understand how sick of you we are. So sick of you, what you've done to this country. That you are the absolute worst of the worst. The cesspool of cesspools. The sediment at the bottom of a cesspool for doing this. Give a pass to a guy who's alleged to be a child pornography. 
to investigate a crime you know doesn't exist? And then you get Obama's White House counsel involved? Disgrace. All right, I got another story to get to on this too, related about the police state tyranny that's just taken over. Nobody cares. The media, democracy dies in the darkness. You are the darkness, the Washington Post. You are. All right, folks, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Policy Genius. Hey, there's a widely held belief that procrastination is a bad thing. But sometimes life isn't so black and white. Sometimes procrastination can work in your favor. For example, if you need life insurance, but you've been putting it off, you know, sometimes it can be a hassle. Don't worry. Policy Genius is coming to the rescue. Your procrastination may have helped you because now we're here to save you. You've managed to procrastinate long enough for technology to make it easy. That's what Policy Genius does. It makes it easy for you. It's the easy way to shop for insurance online. It takes just two minutes. You can compare quotes from top insurers and you can find your best price. It is super easy to use. Policy Genius, Policy Genius, Policy Genius. Don't go anywhere else. This company is super easy to shop online. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. No sales pressure, no hidden fees, just financial protection and peace of mind for you. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance too. Why would you go anywhere else? They make it so easy. PolicyGenius.com. So if you need life insurance, but you've been doing business literally, uh, but if you've been busy lately doing literally everything else, check out Policy Genius. It's the easy way to compare all the top insurers and find the best value for you. A value for you. PolicyGenius.com. PolicyGenius.com. Nobody wants to shop for life insurance. That's why PolicyGenius.com made it super easy for you. PolicyGenius.com. Check them out. All right. This is a quick story. It doesn't require the. Paula's like you this morning. She said, uh, Hey, you sent over all these stories and screenshots. I said, that Nader story, it's very easy to understand how corrupt the Mueller probe was using this shady witness represented by the Obama White House yeah. counsel guy. Easy story. Yeah. The problem is to make the connections, ladies and gentlemen, the reason I, I sent over Paula to, to do the pre-production on it, all those stories, because I wanted you to see using left-wing and mainstream media resources, Reuters, Salon, ABC News, and others, how this is not, this is a real story. It's not some weird conspiracy. And when you put left-wing resources in there, it makes it very difficult if you share this with your liberal friends. Go, oh, that's all BS. Okay, ABC's lying? Reuters is lying? They made up that quote from Rumler? Salon is lying about the Russian, they're investigating for Trump connections being connected to the Clintons? Salon made that up? They're the liars. You're on the right side of history. Now, I saw this story in the New York Post this morning. And folks, listen, my second book is a pretty exhaustive review. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble now uh, for pre-order. It's called Exonerated, the Failed Takedown of Donald Trump by the Swamp. Please pick it up. We put a lot of work into it. I'm now done with it. It is an exhaustive analysis of the Mueller probe, how badly it went, what they were really doing, and also of the movie script, how this attack on Trump was just a movie script they recycled over and over. But in the book, we can be at times pretty harsh on, on Manafort. I think Manafort, Paul Manafort, who took over briefly as a Trump campaign official, Paul Manafort understood the baggage he had and he joined the campaign and Trump fired him. And why Trump is in any way being blamed for firing a guy he realized had some baggage, I don't get. I don't understand. Uh, I, I say that not to pile on Paul Manafort. I, there's no reason to Paul Manafort, I believe, was clearly prosecuted because he was a member of the Trump team. Mm -hmm. He was. Mm -hmm. 
He was Paul Manafort. They'd already investigated him and come away with no, you know, um, uh, no charges. And all of a sudden he joins the Trump team and they throw him in jail. But ladies and gentlemen, what's happened to this man since, and again, I'm not defending what he did. And if you, when you read the book, you'll understand why. What's happened to this man since is, is I don't even have the words to describe how awful it is. Look at his story in the New York Post today. Paul Manafort, June 4th, by Ben Fearhead in the New York Post. Paul Manafort, these stories will all be in the show. Sorry, folks, I mean to sound uh, all over the place. Paul, uh, these stories will be in the show notes today at Bongino.com. Please read them. Paul Manafort will reportedly be moved from federal lockup to Rikers Island. What? Now, folks, if you're from, if you're listening around around the world, we had a guy, thank you, by the way, the, the listener from Italy who sent me a photo of his uh, poolside uh, 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 the, the visit he had over there. He sent me a beautiful, thank you for listening from Italy. But you may not understand why that's interesting, fascinating, and kind of gross, that headline. Yeah. I was a cop in New York, the NYPD. Mm-hmm. I worked with the NYPD for five years, uh, four years, 1995 to 1999. Forgive me, pre- precision matters. Ladies and gentlemen, Rikers Island is where they send the worst of the worst of the worst in New York City. The way it works is, in New York, there's a central booking location in each borough. Brooklyn, Queens. I was a cop in northern Brooklyn in the 7-5 precinct. We would take prisoners to central booking. Sometimes they'd be released after that. But ladies and gentlemen, the most serious criminals, assault ones, you know, felony assaults, you know, rapes, big uh, property crimes, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. murders, manslaughters. They didn't get out. They all went to Rikers Island. Ladies and gentlemen, Rikers Island is a mess. It is a train wreck. And uh, believe me, this is not, in. I am not, in, the, the corrections officers on Rikers Island do an amazing job. The fact that there's not more going on in Rikers Island then you know what I'm saying? Right, people yeah. being assaulted every, is a, a tribute <laughs> to them. When I say a mess, I mean the people who are being kept in Rikers Island are the worst of the worst. Understood. They're sending Manafort to Rikers Island for a mortgage fraud scheme? Ladies and gentlemen, do you want to just go to Twitter today? If you're not on Twitter, go to the internet and just Google Manafort Rikers. The liberals are celebrating this. This is communist China stuff. They're sending this guy to, he's being detained in a federal facility. New York state, if get out, if you can, ladies and gentlemen, this is serious stuff. You're sending a white collar criminal. He's been convicted. He's not alleged anymore. He could be admitted to his crime. No defender of this guy. Read the book. You'll understand. It'll make perfect sense. I am not defending this guy's deeds or misdeeds. But you're sending a white-collar criminal in a New York State alleged mortgage fraud case to Rikers when he's already being held? Are you kidding me? And then within the story, they're like, well, we're going to keep him in solitary confinement for his own protection. Oh, thanks. Nice job. Folks, I'm telling you, we're losing this place. 
We are losing this place. You are putting a guy the FBI investigated years ago and gave a pass to, who then prosecuted because he joined the Trump team, was prosecuted using the full force of a bogus probe into a fake crime. You're putting him into one of the most dangerous prisons in the state of New York, in solitary confinement, for a mortgage fraud allegation? We are... You, th- I- I'm really embarrassed for people out there, and I'm not talking about all Democrats, and I mean that. Mm-hmm. Because I have neighbors who are Democrats, who are good people. We have just disagreements on certain things. But to the radical far left that is celebrating this stuff, you are disgusting filth. And I mean it. You are awful, horrible, atrocious people who celebrate the mental and physical abuse of others for your own perverse ideological needs. It wasn't good enough for you to bankrupt him, Manafort. It wasn't good enough for you to imprison him. Now you have to imprison him in the one of the worst facilities in the state with hardened criminals because you what? Because you have an empty vacuum of a soul. Your very pleasure is derived in the punishment of others. You have no lives. You have no meaning. We as conservatives find value in celebrating and defending the big R God-given rights of everyone. You derive your pleasure out of taking those big R God-given rights away and doing it in the most painful ways possible. You are very sick, troubled people. I, I can't believe this story. I, I, honest to God, I cannot believe you are putting this, a white collar criminal who has already been hammered by the government into Rikers Island in solitary confinement. Meanwhile, any, any, any allegation whatsoever about Hillary Clinton's misdeeds and that she should potentially be investigated for arrest and prosecution, despite mounds of evidence, she actually broke the law and jeopardized national security. Conspiracy theory. You guys and ladies are the worst. The worst. And I fear you. I don't mean that in a snowflakey way. Like you don't physically intimidate me. Most of you are about 5'1", 120 pounds with 80 pounds of sand strapped to your back. I mean the lengths you're willing to go to collect government power and abuse it to destroy the lives of others is one of the most disturbing things in my 44 years on this planet I've ever seen. That your hatred for Trump has... How you look your kids in the eye and tell you you're, tell them you're a good person, don't. Because you're lying to your kids. You're a tyrant. You are a police state tyrant. Nothing more. All right. Moving on. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at iTarget, the iTarget Pro System. Listen, I want to thank my friends at iTarget. The iTarget Pro System is the finest system out there to improve your accuracy with your firearm. Listen, we all want to go to the range. I get that. But the range can be far. It costs money. You got to clean your weapon. You can't always get there. The iTarget Pro, you can practice the accuracy with your firearm from the safety and security of whatever location you wish. It's very simple. Comes with a laser round and a target. This is They've been a sponsor of me for a long time. It is the best system out there. 
iTarget Pro is the first dry fire training system to combine smartphone technology with the industry's best laser round. It's very simple, folks. They will send you a laser round. It's inert. It just emits a laser. You'll insert it in the firearm you have now. No manipulations necessary. It comes with a target. And it works in conjunction with a phone app. It takes two seconds to set up. When you dry fire that weapon with the laser round, you will now see on the target where they would have uh, gone, the rounds. Very simple. Simple as that. You'll improve your sight alignment, sight picture, your grip, your accuracy will improve in just one session. I'm telling you the product is that good. Using your smartphone, their app tracks a laser round, which fits your firearm perfectly and will detect exactly where your shots are landing. iTarget Pro is completely safe, comes with your, your caliber specific laser bullet and a target system so you can begin training immediately. We have a special offer for Father's Day. You'll get 10% off for Father's Day plus free shipping with the offer code DAN, D-A-N, my first name. Isn't that better than getting dad a necktie? Come on, we got enough neckties. This is the way to go. I promise you that man in your life, your, your dad will love this. Check it out. It's also available for 223-556 for you AR-15 uh, users out there. Save time, save money, take your skill to the next level safely and effectively with iTarget Pro. That's the letter I, Target Pro. Not like eyeball, like it's the letter I, itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com, 10% off plus free shipping with offer code Dan. Check it out. You will love this product. Okay. All right. Anna, it's been a very serious show. So on mm. a little bit of, we need a little break from, <laughs> I like these kind of quick hits um, because listen, this is a serious topic yeah. and I love living in the United States. It's a great place. And I only, my anger is only expressed you know, because we live in the greatest country on earth and it's just a shame to watch liberals just flush it down the toilet and, and have no sense of self-reflection about it. But on a kind of a silly note, I saw this tweet this morning. I don't want to single out this guy. I'm really not trying to make him specifically look foolish. Uh, but I saw it on Twitter. There's this guy, John Sopel at BBC. He's at BBC, John Sopel, S-O-P-E-L. I'm not knocking you, John. I don't know you. you. could be a really nice guy. And I'm sure he's heard this from someone else. But this is my biggest pet peeve on the planet. He tweets out this morning, breaking, anti-Trump demonstrators fail to stop Donald Trump's motorcade. But this it's a picture of the president's limo with a cat underneath. But look, this cat does, lodges himself underneath the wheel of the beast. No, no, <laughs> no, time out. I know, Joe, you're laughing because you've heard this a thousand yeah. times. Please, reporters, media people, I am humbly and respectfully, even though I know a lot of you hate my guts, it's okay. <laughs> Let's put our beasts aside. I know I just filleted you in the first half of the show. With the greatest of respect at this point, I am asking you to finally, for the last time, please stop calling the presidential limo the beast. Nobody calls it that. It is not. the. That is a stupid thing that media people say to each other. And they'll always say the Secret Service refers to it as the beast. They don't. Paula, can you please vouch for me on this? Was I not a transportation agent in the Secret Service? Thank you. Was I not the whip of the transportation section in the Secret Service? Thank you. The whip, meaning you're like the number two in charge of the section. There's a 14 super. I ran the TS section as the whip. I spent almost two plus years of my life in the transportation section. I know everything about it. The limos, how they work, how they don't work, um, where their issues were, how motorcades work. How we get them into countries, how we get them out of countries. By the way, they're the best limos on them. I'm serious. They, it is the <laughs> finest technology known to man, which I'll keep off the show for obvious reasons. I'm telling you, few people out there know as much about the limos I do. Nobody calls them the beasts. They're not the beasties. 
the beast the Kai. What's it's, it's, Paula? How do you say beast in Spanish? La bestia? They're not la bestia. Nobody calls it that. This is one of those things I'm telling you that media people latch onto. I, I'm, I gotta say this. My experience working with the media, not all, but a lot of them, is they're very buffy. Now, when I was a cop, Buffy, if you were a buff, it was mm. one of those guys who like always had, a, you know, you know what I'm saying by a buff, Joe? The cop who came out with all the gear oh, okay. all the time. <laughs> the guy had a laser sight on his pistol, night vision goggles in his hat. Right. His shield had a, a an anti-reflective Aquaman type laser device yeah. so he could swim underwater. You're like, dude. You were issued a gun, a baton, and some mags. Where'd you get all this stuff? Those were the buffs. The buffs who would get in a foot pursuit over a guy smoking weed. That happened to me. I wrote about it in my first book. I learned that lesson at Harvard. Foot pursuit central. Foot pursuit. Is that a murder suspect? He was smoking a joint. He was doing what? And you're chasing him through the city, getting 100 cops hurt? Let, let him go. Sheesh. I did that once. That happened to me up in a 3-2 precinct at Harlem. I'm not kidding. The desk sergeant ripped me a new one. I had two... Exits at the end of that, if you know what I mean, yeah. at the end of that arrest. You chase this guy through Harlem for weed, you almost got 20 cops hurt. They're all coming over like I'm I'm, I'm chasing Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> and we ain't with fava beans. <laughs> I'm chasing a guy with weed. Now, I don't, I'm getting totally off track. But media guys are buff. That's the buff. The buff. Right. Media people are buffy. They live around this circle of the Secret Service if you're in the White House press pool and around all this, you know, pomp and circumstance and they get buffy. They want to feel like they're not reporting on the news, but at times they are the news. Mm. So they're like, so they always want to use jargon that makes them sound like super, you know, cool and sophisticated. The Secret Service calls it the beast. It's not the beast. No more. This is, please snippet this show in the media and send it to anyone who will listen. Stop calling it the beast. We make fun of you when you do it. It's not the beast. It's not la beastie, el beastie, la bestia, the beast of Kai Maximi. It is not the beast. Okay. Can we finally put that to bed? Can you put a little thing up in the middle? Of, Paula, please. In post-production, you'll see this right now if we can get this done. But she, no, she did this after the show. Can you please just put a thing? Stop calling it the beast with an exclamation point. And we'll end this right here. Thank you. <laughs> My poor wife. She's like, can I take a break after the show for two minutes? <laughs> All, right. All right, moving on. A little more serious story. Well, you like how I transition? <laughs> this show is an emotional roller coaster, up and down, right? Isn't it? Uh, it's a beast, All man. Over the place. Jeez. It's a beast. Why we love Armacost. Oh. Captain Witty over here. Oh, yes. This guy could get this. It's a beast. <laughs> All right, back to the series. So, uh, interesting story in the Wall Street Journal today that. Uh, you know, it's on economics and and, and our whole debt problem. Um, yeah. It's by Pierre Yared. Forgive me if I'm saying your, your name wrong. It's in the opinion section of the Wall Street Journal. Democrats can't wish the national debt away. It's an interesting piece. Um, I'll, I can summarize it relatively quickly, but it's worth bringing up, especially in light of the upcoming 2020 election. Mm. There's a theory out there, which we have discussed in the show before, so it may not be news to some of you who are regular listeners. A theory out there, it's ridiculous, of course, it's like the collusion hoax, amongst Democrats of the Bernie Sanders AOC types, mm -hmm. 
um, not the John Delaney, John Hinken Looper types who are running as more moderate Democrats, that, Joe, the debt's irrelevant. Huh? That although the United States is in a near... Yeah, I know. You're like, wait, where are you going with this? Right. It's not me. I'm just telling you what the, the, the far left, their radical theory Copy. is. So the, the, the piece where Democrats want to wash the debt away, that's what it's about. He explains in the piece how the Democrats want you to believe the radical ones, the Sanders types, that the economy is growing and it's going to continue to grow. And therefore, this debt will be a less significant portion of our national income over the years. And the fact that we're rolling it over at low interest rates will make it largely irrelevant in the future. That's a very complicated way explaining it using microeconomics rather than macro to make it more understandable for you. Using an analogy, their theory is this. If I made $100,000 a year, Dan Bongino, mm -hmm. and I owed 100000 in debt, that's a crushing amount of debt. I owe everything I earn. Mm -hmm. I mean, right? That's not hard. Right? Not hard to explain. Hard, okay. Right. We owe everything we earn in the United States. Our gross domestic product every year is a little over $20 trillion. We owe nearly that amount without entitlements. When you factor in entitlements, we own far, far more. We owe, excuse me, owe far, far more. Okay. Mm -hmm. But using, again, the, the, the smaller household example, what the Democrats are saying is don't worry about the 100000 you owe, even though you only make 100000 because you're super talented and you're going to make millions in the future and you're refinancing that $100,000 debt at 1% and 2% interest, so you're not accumulating a lot of interest payments, so it's not really adding up. Um, and your income in the future is going to be so great that that debt is largely irrelevant. Now, you, you, you're probably listening to that at home going, wow, Sanders sounds right. We are a powerhouse economy. We're growing. And if, you know, we double our income and, you know, we only owe 20 trillion and we're worth 100 trillion in a few years, then makes sense to me. No, mm. ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't make sense. What they conveniently leave out and what the author of the piece writes, which is fantastic, is that we are still accumulating massive amounts of debt every year. It's not like the debt is stopped. In other words, that 100000 may not be an issue if you're going to make a million in the future. Mm -hmm. But if you're accumulating an extra ten and 20000 a year, then yes, that is a problem. Oh, and by the way, when you factor in your off-label debt, like the debt you owe to a bookie or someone else, and you owe another 200000 all of a sudden your financial situation is quite catastrophic. Now, there's no real off-label in the microeconomic environment that would be apropos. So I don't mean to compare like Social Security to bookies. It's the only way to make the analogy mm -hmm. make sense. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, off-the-record, mm -hmm. uh, you know, entitlement uh, debt that we don't factor into our official national debt that makes our, our debt, you know, upwards of $100 trillion when you factor everything in. In other words, those off-label debts. Folks. We are in a catastrophic debt situation. Pretending it's going to be wished away because we're going to grow out of it is utterly absurd. Now, it wouldn't be if we could put a cap on it and reform entitlements. It wouldn't be absurd, that idea. But it's not. Bernie Sanders and the others are proposing to spend even more money. The Green New Deal, Medicare for All, free college. So now it's like you owe 100 and you're proposing spending another million right. you don't have. right. But there's another interesting uh, part of the piece I just wanted to, when we can wrap up on this. The authors, uh, Pierre Yader, or excuse me, Yared, forgive me, sir, I'm not trying to abuse your name there. But from a guy who's called Bongino all the time, I'm used to it. He says, <laughs> some Democrats suggest taxing the rich is, rich is a solution, but it isn't that simple. 
U.S. income taxes are already high relative to other advanced economies. Wait, 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 wait. That's not what I heard. Liberals told me we're not taxed enough. Eh. U.S. total income tax revenue as a share of GDP, the appropriate way to measure it, folks, was 29% above the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development average in 2016, with almost 40% of the federal portion of these revenues, tax revenues, paid by the top 1% of earners. Other OECD countries can raise more total revenue because they tax everyone's consumption more. They have sales and value-added taxes that are more than 2.5 times U.S. levels as a share of GDP. What is he saying? Let me translate that for you in very simple, easy-to-use terms. So Sanders is saying, don't worry about the debt. It's not a big deal. We'll grow out of it. Despite the fact that he wants to spend more, he's still piling debt on. Eventually, those debts become due. All debts are paid by the debtor or the creditor every time. No debt goes away. And they're also suggesting the solution is to tax the rich. Despite the fact that the rich are already taxed, they pay right now, one one out of 100 of our wealthiest Americans pays up to 40% of the income tax revenue. And that we pay extraordinarily more than other OECD countries as a portion of our GDP. And not to mention, unless you're talking about implementing a value-added tax, which he mentions in the last sentence of that piece, which taxes the middle class, not the rich. You have no way out of this on the tax front. So unless you are lobbying to tax the out of the middle class, then you have no idea what you're talking about. Because the reason the Europeans raise more total revenue is because they have a VAT, which is a tax added at every level of production. And it is basically a consumption-based tax. And that consumption-based tax taxes people who consume, and people who consume gas and food and clothing, those costs are more expensive as a percentage of their income than it is for rich people. What do I mean? A guy worth $100 million, Joe, filling up his gas tank, mm-hmm. doesn't really care about that $100 gas bill. Yeah. But a guy filling up his gas tank in Europe with gas taxes, consumption taxes, and VAT taxes, who makes 50000 a year, that $100 gas bill a week starts to add up right quick. Yes, sir. He's paying the taxes, not the rich guy. That's where they're going to go next, the value-added tax. I really enjoyed this show today. Yeah. Um, I hope you did, too. That Nader story is a big deal. I'm uh, proud to say you're probably only going to hear it here and a couple of other outlets who will choose to report on it. Um, please share the show, folks. And thank you to all the folks on Reddit and other places that share my show on these platforms. It really means a lot. I see it. It comes up on Google, Google Alert all the time. It means a lot to me. Thank you very much. Please subscribe to the show, youtube.com slash Bongino. You can subscribe also on Apple Podcasts, their app, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. It's all free. The subscriptions help us move up the charts, though. So you really save us a lot of money in advertising. Thanks a lot. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.